helping people cope with and overcome life's challenges. This is Life Transformations with Michael Hart, Canadian Certified Counselor and Award-Winning Psychotherapist. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Life Transformation Show. I'm your co-host, Denise Hart, and today we have a fascinating topic to dive into. Today's topic is the social anxiety of King Saul. And as usual, Michael is here with me in studio to answer questions on this topic. Michael will provide us with valuable insights into the social anxiety that plagued King Saul and how it affected his relationships, leadership, and overall well-being. We'll explore the challenges he faced, the impact on his decision-making, and the potential lessons we can draw from his experiences. Welcome, Michael. Thank you, Denise, uh, for that wonderful introduction. And it is indeed going to be a fascinating uh, show today because I think this topic is a very relevant topic to a lot of people. But what's really fascinating is that we're going to make this biblical text come to life as we look at social anxiety through the through the life of King Saul. King Saul was Israel's first king, and he's a well-known biblical uh, personality. So I think a lot of people are going to be seeing King Saul in a whole different light. But not only that, I think we will be able to help people to relate, people who are suffering from social anxiety, to relate to what King Saul went through and to gain advice and insight into how they can deal with their own challenges. Well, let's begin. Maybe you can begin by describing for the listeners the nature of social anxiety. Well, social anxiety is also known as social phobia. It is a mental health condition that has an intense and persistent fear of social situations. People with social anxiety fear uh, engaging in social situation with others. And they often experience an overwhelming sense of anxiety and self-consciousness when they're in the social setting. So the, the fear is typically centered around being embarrassed or being judged or humiliated by others. So what we find is that people with social anxiety often have this excessive worry about being negatively judged by others. And even in situations that are everyday situations, they have this intense fear of being judged. So so. So common social situations uh, that can trigger social anxiety can be public speaking, meeting new people, participating in group activities, eating or drinking in public. And uh, in all of these situations, people fear being the center of attention. Some of the symptoms that we see from people with social anxiety include sweating, trembling, rapid heartbeat, uh, people uh, have difficulty speaking, and eventually individuals may experience intense feeling of fear, anxiety, or even panic in these kinds of situations. 
It's important to note that uh, the social anxiety is different, I guess, uh, from shyness and um, introversion. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yes, indeed. That's a good point, Dennis, because uh, some people are shy, but they do not have social anxiety. What we are talking about here, it's it's a mental disorder that's very intense, where it's not just you're feeling a little shy being around others. It's that you're having these symptoms that I speak about. And people with social anxiety tend towards isolation and withdrawal. And if they have to engage, it is with a lot of fear and trepidation that they do so. A great explanation, Michael. So now, my next question is, why did you choose uh, this biblical character of King Saul to illustrate this topic? Well, I think uh, King Saul has been linked to social anxiety by a number of studies, psychologists who study biblical literature. But let me say that it it is impossible to diagnose him with a mental disorder. But what we'll find is that many of the events that's recorded about King Saul's life seem to be similar to what people with social anxiety have today, similar to symptoms that people with social anxiety have today. So, for example, in one situation in 1 Samuel 10, verse 22, King Saul was supposed to be at his inauguration ceremony. He's been anointed, he's anointed king by Samuel and he's supposed to be sworn in as the king of Israel. But in 1 Samuel 10.22, we are told that King Saul was hiding among the baggage of the people who had traveled to the ceremony. So here you have a situation where the people is ready. The, the, the person who is overseeing the swearing is ready. Everyone is awaiting their king, but the king is absent because he has social anxiety. In another situation, we find that King Saul was very, uh, prone to the, the criticisms of others to such an extent that he, he he became jealous and paranoid because of King David's popularity. This is one thing that we find with people with social anxiety is that they put a lot of weight on what others think about them. And it is this fear of the perception of others that often prevent people from engaging socially. So just as King Saul was hiding among the baggage, people with social anxiety often do not interact with others because they're afraid to be seen. They feel as if they're in the spotlight and that people will have a negative perception of them, just as King Saul felt uh, jealousy about King David because King David was getting the praise of others. He became very paranoid because of this. And we, in the, in the biblical narrative, we can see how it affected him as a person because of this intense preoccupation of what others were thinking about him or saying about him. I can't imagine how um, he felt inside, you know, living with all these uh, symptoms. So 
King Saul was anointed and he um, had uh, to be the leader. So let's talk about uh, his leadership. Can you tell us how King Saul's social anxiety affected his leadership? That's a very good question, Denise. One of the first things that comes to mind is that his, his social anxiety led to indecisiveness and lack of assertiveness. So we see in 1 Samuel 13, 8 to 14, that Saul faced a challenging situation where he was waiting for the prophet Samuel to offer sacrifices before he could go into battle. As time passed and Samuel did not arrive, Saul, driven by anxiety and fear of losing the support of his troops, took matters into his own hands and offered the sacrifice himself. This act shows his inability to make a firm decision and wait for Samuel's guidance. And this reflects his anxiety-driven, impulsive behavior. Another uh, example is fear of judgment and external pressure. King Saul's social anxiety made him excessively concerned about public opinion and the expectation of others. So when people are in leadership positions and they have social anxiety, they can become like King Saul, where they become excessively concerned about public opinion. And it's not so much doing what God wants them to do or what they feel it's, is right. It's more about what are others thinking about me. So we see that in 1 Samuel 15, Saul was given a specific command by God to completely destroy the Amalekites, including their livestock. livestock. However, driven by fear of the people's opinion and desire to please them, Saul speared the Amalekite king and the best of the livestock. When confronted by Samuel about his disobedience, Saul defended himself by claiming he feared the people's wishes. And that's a very important thing because as a leader, he's so preoccupied by what the people is thinking about him that he said in 1 Samuel 15, 24, that he feared what the people were thinking about him. We also see that he had... He had the tendency towards isolation and internal struggles. King Saul's social anxiety led to this sense of isolation. We see this in 1 Samuel 16. Saul experienced tormenting episodes of distress and depression. And these struggles are often attributed to his anxieties and fear resulting in a separation from God and a detachment from the support and guidance that could have helped him as a leader. So I did not really look at it that way where our fear of judgment and external pressure affected King Saul in that way. I can just imagine how he felt and um, also imagine how others feel when they are going through these symptoms of having social anxiety. It must be very difficult for them. So let's get into um, this show that we're talking about, um, about, uh, 
people who are not ready to seek professional help. You know, somebody might be listening and they are just not ready yet. And they're wondering to themselves, if you could give tips for coping with social anxiety, can you give us some practical tips for managing social anxiety? Yes, yes, I think that's a very good uh, place for us to transition to because it's all well, well and good to know about King Saul and all of that, but it's also good to know what can a person do if they're suffering from social anxiety. So one of the first thing I think, if you're listening today and you have social anxiety, it's probably linked to the way that you are thinking. And so my first tip to you is to challenge your negative thoughts. I can bet that you have a voice inside your head that is telling you negative things. For example, if I go to that meeting, I'm going to make a fool of myself, or people are going to be thinking that I, 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 what, I, what I am saying is stupid, or no one is going to talk to me. And these things are negative thoughts. And the thing about these negative thought patterns is that the more you think them, the more you're able to manifest them. So what I would suggest that you do is write down the negative thoughts that you have and begin to challenge them. So for example, if you feel that you're going to go to this meeting and you're going to make a fool of yourself and that thought is coming into your mind, think about the times when you have been in meetings and you didn't make a fool of yourself. If you feel that no one is going to like you, think about the people that you have in your life that you get along well with and places that you have gone to where you have made a connection with people. And so it's very important to begin by challenging those negative thoughts. And um, also, uh, they could focus on um, moments, uh, the present moment, instead of getting caught up in like worrying about uh, the future situations. So I believe you can speak more about uh, practicing mindfulness, Michael? Yes, yes. And I think that's exactly what mindfulness is, Then it's because people who are anxious, they're often worried about the future. They're worried about what's going to happen uh, a month from now or what's going to happen at that meeting. And they become so preoccupied about what's going to happen at the meeting that they're anxious in the present. So a good exercise to do is what we call mindfulness exercise, where you just sit and you become focused on the present moment. So instead of getting caught up in the worry about the future, practice just sitting and focusing on what's going on in the moment. What can you see around you? What can you hear in your surrounding? Find a find a relaxing place, a beautiful park or somewhere where, where you have a beautiful view and just look out on that beautiful view and be mindful of the things that you're seeing. So things like challenging your negative thoughts, practicing mindfulness, it are important things for you to do. And another strategy is to practice self-compassion. Be kind to yourself and understand that social anxiety is a common struggle and that you're not alone. Treat yourself with understanding and 
patience and self-care during challenging time. And self-care include things like getting enough rest, eating a balanced meal, meal, getting exercise. And as you practice self-care and self-compassion, these things in themselves will help to reduce your anxiety. Exercise is a very good way of dealing with anxiety because it helps you to burn that nervous energy. And as you exercise, your body secretes feel-good hormones that help you to help you to feel better almost immediately. Great points, Michael. But we should remind the listeners that, you know, these tips are not to be substituted for professional help, but they can provide some initial strategies uh, for managing their social anxiety. Uh, so if possible, you know, people should consider seeking guidance from uh, mental health professionals uh, who can further uh, personalize uh, support and additional effect, uh, effective techniques. Yes, I think that's a very good point, Denise, because uh, having prolonged anxiety can be very hard on a person's body, right? Because when you have anxiety, you tend to walk around with a lot of tension in your muscles and you begin to develop shoulder pain, back pain, and even maybe digestive disorders, this, this digestive uh, problems because your, your body is so gripped with anxiety. And so if you have prolonged anxiety, it's not good to just be continuing through life with that anxiety. Get professional help. Seek professional help. If you're trying these tips that I'm giving you and it, and you're still having anxiety, seek out professional help because that will help you to overcome the anxiety. And there are treatments such as cognitive behavior therapy that are very good for people struggling with social anxiety. So CBT encourages individuals to, as I've said before about uh, negative thinking, CBT focuses in on that. And with the help of a trained professional, they can help you to do this in a way that's very effective. So they help you to identify your negative thoughts and belief that contributes to your social anxiety. So thoughts that, for example, that you're boring or people are judging you, you can identify these thoughts and challenge these thoughts and replace them with other thoughts. Michael will be right back. You have been listening to the Life Transformation Show, where award-winning psychotherapist Michael Hart of Elam Counseling Services has been speaking about King Saul's social anxiety. You can find out more about us at elimcounselingministry.com or by calling 1-877-204-2914 where you can also make a donation to this Christ-centered ministry. Your donations help us to stay on the air and to provide subsidized counseling to those who can't afford it. Back to Michael. So Michael, what about... um? Facing your fear. You know, we always hear people say that. You just have to face your fear. What are your thoughts on that? Well, that's actually another tip that I would give, but in a nuanced way. Because it's wanting to face your fears, but if you face your fear in the wrong way, you can overwhelm yourself and become distressed and 
tend more to not uh, go back into that situation after. So what I would suggest is gradual exposure. So that's another uh, tip that I would give. Gradually expose yourself to social situations that trigger anxiety. So if you have public speaking, don't start by going before a crowd of a thousand people. I would say start by speaking in front of two or three friends, in front of a small group Bible study. And as you begin to do so, you will develop your confidence. And from there, you can engage a bigger and bigger audience. So start small and gradually expose yourself. If you have social anxiety, go into the mall, for example. Don't go shopping for the entire day. Tell yourself that I'm going to go to the mall, I'm going to walk in, and after five minutes, I'm going to go home. And as you do that, repeatedly, you're desensitizing yourself, and then you can gradually increase the time from five minutes to ten minutes. It's the same thing with meeting with friends. Don't go on a weekend camping with people if you have social anxiety being around people. Go for a coffee with someone uh, for half an hour and uh, expose yourself to those kinds of exposure over and over until you feel comfortable, then you can engage with others for longer periods. Is there any other tips, Michael? You know, I've heard of uh, deep breathing, those kind of things. Uh, Can you uh, expand on that? Yes, deep breathing is actually good for deactivating the fight or flight system. So practice taking deep breaths. When we are anxious, we tend to breathe very shallowly and we tend to not get enough oxygen. So when you deep breathe, you actually trigger the body into a relaxed state, state. So deep breaths help you to calm the body's stress response. And along with that, you can do relaxation techniques such as uh, tensing and releasing muscles. And I have a video on that that's called progressive relaxation technique. I would suggest that you you listen to that. Go to my YouTube channel and uh, watch that uh, progressive relaxation demonstration that I did because those kind of techniques will help you to become calm. And so I think those are or those are the practical tips that come to mind that I think will help anyone who is suffering from social anxiety. And so Michael, uh, you did mention about uh, CBT uh, treatments. Is there any other treatments that you would suggest? Yes. Along with CBT, uh, one, one very effective way of treating uh, social anxiety is exposure therapy. And with, with a trained therapist, a trained therapist can help you uh, expose yourself to situations in, in a way that help you to overcome the anxiety that you have. I know I, I talk about exposing yourself gradually, but for people with severe anxiety, you may need a trained professional to walk alongside you and to give you specific homework to do each day as you expose yourself to 
to the situation uh, under the guidance of a therapist. So social exposure therapy is another form of therapy that I think can be very effective. And mindfulness treatment in itself is a, is a branch of therapy that I think a trained therapist can have a number of mindfulness exercise apart from just uh, what I have suggested so far that can be very effective in calming your anxiety and giving you the confidence to be able to face this stress in social situations. So what I'm hearing, Michael, is that um, it's best for the treatment of social anxiety to be done by a trained professional. So finally, what message do you have for individuals struggling with social anxiety? So my first and foremost point that I would like them to consider is that social anxiety is a common condition that affects millions of people worldwide. It is not a reflection of weakness or inadequacy on your part. It's a real and valid struggle that you're undergoing. So have compassion on yourself and and reject those negative thoughts that are telling you that you're weak or you should know better or you should be able to do better. It's a very common struggle that many people have. Secondly, it is important to remember that social anxiety is highly treatable. And I've mentioned the kind of therapies before. And so if you engage with a therapist that is trained in, in the areas that I have mentioned, and we at Elam Counseling Services, uh, myself and other therapists can help you with your social anxiety. Additionally, it, it can be important. It, additionally, it is important to have your own social support network. So, so surround yourself with friends and families, family members that can support you and help you in your journey to overcome social anxiety. And I'd also like you to know that social anxiety doesn't have to cripple your success. Many famous people struggle with social anxiety. Adele, for example, the Grammy Award singer, has talked about her struggles with stage fright and social anxiety, including panic attacks before performances. Also, we're told that Abraham Lincoln is had a, a form of social anxiety where we experience depression and other mental challenges as well. So it doesn't have to cripple your success. And remember to be easy on yourself. Do not criticize yourself and be harsh with yourself. Be patient with yourself. And that concludes today's insightful episode of the Life Transformation Show. We hope you found our discussion on social anxiety of King Saul both thought-provoking and inspiring. So remember, Life Transformation airs every Monday morning at 9.30. So mark your calendars and join us for more engaging conversations and personal growth on mental health and overcoming life's challenges. So if you missed any part of today's show or want to revisit it, you can find the episode posted on Elim Counseling Services YouTube channel. Just search for Life Transformation and subscribe to the Stay Updated on all our latest content. 
So we'd also like to take a moment to remind you that the Life Transformation and Elim Counseling Services are part of a not-for-profit counseling ministry dedicated to helping individuals, couples, and families on their healing journey. So until next time, this is your co-host, Denise Hart. And Michael Hart of Elam Counseling Services, praying together that God would bless you in all your relationships and keep you sound in mind and pure in heart.